Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Things for us to discuss on our next podcast because I, we got to get Ben to bed, and um, we don't have time to talk about my trip to LA. Uh, I met with Peter and Mark of Electrocast. Woohoo! Uh, they've got big plans for us, so I got to break that down with you at some point. I assume uh, part of the big plans is replacing the talent with better talent, which is why you want to talk. <laughs> oh offline. yeah, for sure. <laughs> they did mention that one of us is going to have to go. Yeah, but, uh, we'll talk about which one later. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. <laughs> it, was not a, it was not a trick question. Welcome to 50 Years of Music with 50-year-old white guys on the Electricast Podcast Network. Guys, we're getting the band back together. We're all together again. Kinda. We're kinda all together. Yeah. Ben is somehow making this happen from very, very, very far away. Yeah, we so. don't have Ben's visual, but Ben, use your voice. Yeah, right here in beautiful okay. Tuscany, Italy. Wow. And I'm uh it's uh 9:30 at night, and I'm sitting in an olive grove next to a pool, and I just had a lovely dinner with my two daughters and my Oldest daughter's best friend, Maya. So things are working out for me, for sure. Wow. Wow. And how's the weather in Tuscany? It's a little warm today walking on Florence. I'm not going to complain, but I'm just going to say it was a little warm. <laughs> yep. Um, but no, it's beautiful by the pool, believe me. It's lovely at night. Those old cities um, really kind of capture the smell on hot days. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. And Dahlia um, really wanted to go to the, the Boboli Gardens, which are lovely. Okay. Um, but there's a 250-meter rise from when you enter to when you end. It's just oh. basically a straight walk uphill to a, a rose garden. And I was just drenched in sweat and miserable <laughs> by the time we got to the roses. Good workout. I will say, though, Ben, you are living your best life. Like, if people are listening to this podcast, they're like, Ben's life's where it's at. And then... Tim lives in his basement and Jeff just keeps working. <laughs> yeah. the, the difference between the college teaching track and the uh, high school teaching track, perhaps. Well, uh, Jeff, though, you've you've got a busy social life. You went to Pearl Jam. Since I went to Pearl Jam on May 13th. I did. Yeah. How were they? They were OK. You know, Cameron's sick. So they had drummers filling in. Um, and the first go? night they yeah, had the drummers fill in, it was all very magical and they pulled it off. And the second night, all of the kind of like clams and screwed up bridges and endings you would expect from having guys filling in on drums happened. And like the band was visibly like shaken and, and bummed out. So it was a very weird show, but it was great to be there. I hadn't seen them in a long time. Wow. And, uh, and they're very, you know, they're great. Eddie Vedder is becoming Bruce Springsteen, by the way. He's looking like him. He's got like that kind of overworked out upper body. He's got the sleeves rolled up and he's got all the between patter, like, oh, shucks, I'm going to tell a little story like Springsteen does. That's all totally <laughs> planned out in advance. And I'm not complaining at all, but yeah. it, it's really funny to see them kind of morph into one another. That's awesome. It really is. It's a great career. If that career ends up with you rolling up your sleeves on your biceps. <laughs> My, I do not do that in American studies class. Not you yet. Try it. Not yet. Maybe I haven't hit next year. <laughs> Dude, you should really start to pull a Springsteen, like open up classes like, yeah, so <laughs> 17 years ago, I was sitting outside a bar in Temecula. My dad was saying, if you don't get a haircut. All right. Uh, I also have to tell America that, um, uh, the exciting life of my son continues. I don't know if uh, dedicated listeners will remember my son was hit by a car. Yes. Right before Thanksgiving. Oh, God. Uh, this Monday night, he came out to the back where I'm recording this to do some homework and interrupted a B&E in process. 
At um, your home? Yes, a guy shoving all kinds of uh, stuff from the garage into a garbage bag. And, in uh, your garage? What? Yes. Yes. And so what was we'll he open stealing? the door. This is my favorite part. We'll open the door, saw an intruder shoving our some of, uh, some of his belongings into a garbage bag and said, hey, man, you got to get out of here. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good pretty advice. Good. To which this gentleman said, oh, excuse me, sir, I'm in the wrong place. And then took off with the garbage bag full of stuff. But he dropped it running over our fence. So we lost nothing. And he left behind his cell phone and meth pipe. So we actually oh, came out no. a little ahead. Uh, did, okay. did, did, I mean, did the cops catch him or no? No, but the cops came and, you know, took photographs and dusted for fingerprints and all that kind of good stuff. So I don't think like, a cell phone would be a good clue. I mean, they yeah. had, like in terms of the inspector Clouseau, like you can pretty much hand <laughs> the cell phone to be like, there's a lot of information here. The sad yeah. part was the meth pipe was left on top of a game of shoots and ladders. So like, yeah. like meth residue in the middle of a not quite completed game of shoots and ladders that Will and B were playing. So oh, that's that, a long that shoot ironic right there. desperation <laughs> to it. So yeah, yeah, never a dull moment out here. Oh, no, that's amazing. California. I'm glad uh I'm glad it turned out the way it did. Yeah, me too. Yeah. When I was a kid, a latchkey kid in the 70s, not to be mean to my parents, and I know my dad listens, but I was a latchkey kid. And I came home and like I mean, we moved to a different house in third grade. So this is pre-third grade. I came home. I went to put my key in the lock and the door had been busted open oh, in Brooklyn. Oh, no. Like kicked in, splinters everywhere. And I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> so I just walked in. Oh, no. And like everything was in disarray. And like they, take my dad's, they took my dad's stereo and all my mom's jewelry was taken. And so I walked in and I was like, oh, the fridge is still here. They're, they would steal the refrigerator. That's the most valuable thing we have. <laughs> so I fixed myself a snack. And then I called my mom and I was like, I think someone might have been here. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's some Luckily, mom, the there. bologna is still here. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, All no. Right. The guy ran past Will and went over the fence and and then it it hit Will. Like Will had been totally cool through the whole thing and then all of a sudden he was like, "Dude in backyard! Dude in backyard!" He started, he started screaming. screaming. Yeah. So you were home at the time. I was in the kitchen 10 feet away. Oh, yeah. wow. So that was yeah. Anyway. All right, good. Good. I'm glad everything turned out all right. Um you know that punk Reminds me of Daft Punk. Oh my gosh, a terrible segue. It's <laughs> just a worst segue. Let's go to the Grammy winning album. It's the Grammy winner. Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. Uh, wait, wait, here. 2013. Here we go. Tim does like meticulous research for the show. I thought Daft Punk were the guys in the masks or something. They are. They are. They are. This is just completely classic Grammys. Um, they choose the least interesting, most 70s sounding album and song <laughs> by these guys. And that's what they choose to celebrate. Um, I'm a, I actually am a Daft Punk fan. And I can't, I can't 
poop on that song. That's a great song. That is oh. a fantastic 70s disco song. It sounds really, really good. In their full catalog of work, that's the least interesting thing. If you want to hear a great Daft Punk song, oh, yeah. yeah. Two and a half minutes, just freaking shreds. Here it oh, comes. Oh, yeah? He's right. It's a good one. Coming up right now. So that's what their catalog actually sounds like. They're I like, like the first one better. Super, they're super <laughs> aggro, techno. Um, I don't, the oh yeah thing, like you could really dance to that. Like that song is great. I love that one. I love oh. Get Lucky though. I, I mean, it's great, but it's also just, I mean, it's just a chic song. Like, I mean, it's I Stole Your Love from Chic, but I, I mean, I loved it. I actually like the way Wilco did it at um, their cover show. It's like a little rock funk version of it. It was pretty great. All right, uh, that is the Grammy winner for 2013. We have some, um, how shall I say this, some unpacking to do of the 2012 podcast. Oh, I was hoping we would do some. Jeff, I know you don't listen to our podcast, um, but I was wondering what the experience was like for you recording the 2012 podcast. Uh, it was a little weird not having y'all to bounce off to it. I felt like I, I felt like I was on a long drive talking to myself. I don't know how you guys <laughs> felt, but that's kind of how I felt like I'm an hour six of a drive and I'm by myself and I'm so sick of the radio that I just start like pretending I have. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have unearthed something we did not know. Uh, ben, did you know Jeff talks to himself on long drives? Oh yeah, you don't? Uh, no. What are, what are you, you're kidding me. <laughs> What's happening right now? You you're driving along and you have a conversation. Absolutely. I, and Ben, this rings true? Oh yeah, dude, I have a running conversation with myself in my head at long periods of time. And sometimes it leaks out into my outside voice and I'm That's like, right. oh, did I say that outside? That was weird. Yep. <laughs> especially an hour like if i'm driving through omaha you know i'm like just it just starts to it just starts to you know manifest itself okay all right well let's let's i did on. listen though i listened to both of your segments it's the first one i've listened to i skipped my own segment but uh i okay. listened to both of yours so i am familiar with the entire podcast and i'm disappointed timmy did you stick a never heard of him in the middle of mine after tallest man on earth or did you not put that in I did not never um never listen to him. Oh, okay. So that I'd heard of couldn't. him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh but one thing I, I'll note is that the uh like sports radio or political radio, like one of the craziest things about Rush Limbaugh is yeah. he did a three to four hour show yeah. and only took calls for like an hour of it. It's insane. Yeah. Like he would physically sit down 12 minutes at a time and just talk with no interruption. Like it's just unbelievable. Steven yeah, it really is crazy. Cause that, I got, yeah, I was at about minute eight. I was like, Oh, I'm almost sick of myself. I can't imagine how this is oh, going to play yeah. out. No. <laughs> um, man, I love the fact that you were terrible uh, on who died, even when you weren't up against Jeff. You were. Just, I did that on purpose, and I had India work with me. I thought you would enjoy that, Tim, for sure. <laughs> um, and then Mumford and Sons. So I'm right that you like them, correct? I, it, it's so funny. It's I I looked up some ping pong rules yesterday. I had an argument with my son, so I went and I looked up some rules. And then for the next 48 hours, on Facebook or on on a instagram of getting advertisements for ping pong tables you know it's just like they've been watching me they know me yep. they, they think this is what i need same thing with mumford at the sons you know it's i, I should love them and i don't yeah. 
I don't. No, you don't. No. You know why? Because in their Because they suck? Fr- <laughs> <laughs> Was that it? Was that what got you? Their very first uh, album uh, or the very first single that came across where they kept dropping the F-bomb. I was like that was unnecessary. Oh my god, Kim, you just cracked me up. <laughs> it was too gangster rap. That was, was the song from They're too hard. You know, they're wearing like the the tweed and the the vests and then dropping f bombs. No. Oh I'm my out. god. Sorry. I love that you still judge art by whether it would make you uncomfortable in front of your mom. <laughs> that is really like that's the first thing. <laughs> all these years, like that really is the like. Oh oh. I could not sit on the couch next to mom while that happened. Out! It's out! Uh, I'm out! I'm out! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't like them, so I wanted to make sure that was clear. Okay, fair enough. Um, And you guys have a strong dislike for for them. Oh, yeah, just like, they... They they, drive you crazy. Well, they they put up my full of shit meter, like, they send that going, like, from the jump. All right. But, Jeff, you're with me, right? Like, there's a version of this where that entire like genre is is bet like the Lumineers could be great too. Like I yeah. don't understand why it is that there's these bands that play instruments and write their own songs and sing in harmonies and basically work out of a alt country songbook that I despise. Like I know, it's, it's actually so weird. like I'm actually upset about it. I'm like I don't understand why you guys like you know just go back and cover no depression. You know like it's not hard. Like I'm yeah. not asking a lot from you. Just go back to that. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like uh, there's just enough twee or like uh, attempt to cross over to a giant audience, which just makes it all feel like a gigantic pose to me. Wow. Yeah, fair. All right. Well, part of our job at this podcast is also to remind people of where we have been as a society. And in 2013, Pope Benedict voluntarily resigns as Pope of the Catholic Church. How far back do we have to go to find the last Pope who resigns from his position? Voluntarily, not not forced out due to a schism. Uh, Voluntarily, how far back? Is this a trick question? Is it never? The answer is not never. Okay. I'm going to say 450 years. 450 years, good guess. So don't Jeff? let Jeff guess again. He said I know, never. I said I'm never. winning this. Oh, okay. I finally get to win one. You, you he, gotta go. got this I one. should have said never minus one. <laughs> <laughs> it is Pope Celestine in 1294. Pope Celestine voluntarily resigned from. He was the, lazy. He was notorious. He wasn't he was. Pope Celestine the lazy. Wasn't that his nickname? <laughs> I think so. He was like, wait, I got to get up again? No. Um, this fucking hat, he would say to himself. <laughs> he did oh, my gosh. My mother's meter just went through the roof with that. Sorry. Tim just visibly blushed, for those of you listening at home. Um, all right. In 2013. Oh, my God, Ben. That was the other uh, hilarious thing about your, your bit on 2012 when you, you went to a disaster. And India didn't, know, <laughs> India didn't know how to react. She's like, that's terrible. Why are you telling me that? Yeah, that's great. Uh, funny stuff. But sadly, in 2013, we did have the Boston Marathon bombing uh, and uh, everything that, that shook out from that, which I followed way too closely, way too closely. I was uh, on the news 24 hours a day with that. Um Invitation to cynicism, Ben, this should be right up your alley. United States v. Windsor. What did that uh, case decide? Not ringing a bell. I'm in Tuscany, man. You're going to have to help me. Um, Gay marriage is legalized at the federal level. It's, It's not Obergefell? Yeah, I thought it was Obergefell. What's Windsor? I don't know. U.S. versus Windsor is typically the name of a criminal case, so I don't don't know what that would be. Now i got to do real research. This is terrible. All right. uh, You don't worry about it there in Tuscany. You just uh, enjoy enjoy your grapes. Uh, That could be an alternate name for it, but it's Obergfell versus somebody is the name of the gay marriage case. So 
Is it in jeopardy based on what you've read of the leaked Roe v. Wade decision? Yes. The logic of the leaked Roe versus Wade decision is um, a very uh, hard, I was going to say extreme, but a, a fair way to say it would be a, a hardcore version of originalism, which is you ask yourself when the 14th Amendment was passed, did the people who passed it at that time think it would have this effect? So obviously the people who passed the, not obviously, but the people who passed the 14th Amendment didn't think it would make abortion legal everywhere in the U.S. That would have been really strange for them to think. Um, abortion wasn't even really a medical procedure then. And gay marriage obviously would be the same, not again, not, not obviously, but gay marriage would likely be the same thing. They certainly weren't thinking about gay people and whether they could marry when they passed the 14th Amendment. So if you take that logic of what the Constitution means, then the Constitution would not apply to a lot of different things. It, in your opinion, is it absurd to take that tact? No, I think absurd is a tough way to put it. Um, no, I, I, no, I don't think it's absurd to take that tact on it. And also the, the, the folks who were, who were voting in this have been really crystal clear on it and they were appointed by presidents who were also crystal clear on it yeah. and we live in a democracy so there is there is an aspect in that sure. that being said i mean what they're going to do i think what they'll i think what they may do is is not actually get rid of gay marriage because people like gay marriage but people still hate uh abortion so that may in fact be where they end up which is not a very principled stand on it but that may be more palatable i don't know the answer to that so a, a strict constructionist, then, if I am going 65 no, no, miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone, uh, but my wife is pregnant and is having the baby, they would still give me the speeding ticket. Yeah, no, but this is originalism, which is different than strict, strict construction. Ooh, it's not that they're what? reading the... It's not that they're reading the Constitution strictly. It's that they're saying that the Constitution can only mean what it meant when the people who passed the either the amendment or the constitution passed it that's what they mean by originalism and it's i mean one of the things that's hard about it is that we haven't really read the constitution that way and so right. it's a fundamental shift in what we're doing and so you're like but i mean if we had been reading the constitution that way from the very beginning then you'd be like oh well if you want gay marriage then you should amend the constitution um, rather than just having the Supreme Court change their mind on it. But we haven't done that. And so that the shift in the like shifting in midstream this way is going to grind some gears for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, amazing. We are all smarter uh, for these these poolside chats of yours. This is really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does the Italian constitution have to say about originalism? <laughs> Oh, dude. So listen, uh, uh, don't get me started. Italy's a civil law country. And so they barely have a constitution. Right. So, uh, so yeah, and, and all of their, all of the constitutions in, in uh, Europe are new, basically, like they all came in in the 20th century. So they're funky, wow. they're longer. Some people like them better, but yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick ad break. And now we're back and let's get back to the music. We're going to go with the number one selling album. Jeff Simons, pick your poison on this one. It's the number one album. The 2020 Experience by Justin Timberlake. this one 
Jeff, is this your cup of tea? I, I you know I'm not a I'm not a Justin Timberlake hater, but this record, uh, I'll first of all, I'll defer to Ben because if Ben says he loves this record, I have a question for him. So I'll start remind there. me which Timberlake record this is. I this did is recognize the 2020 that experience. Oh yeah, this isn't my favorite. And, um, and but why is that? So um, there's the Timberlake. All of the Timberlake material, in my opinion, is very derivative and mines from the past. Yes. And then he he drifts in and out of what past that he comes from. This one's like the 70s mixed with crooner 50s. Um, yep. And that one I just don't like as much. When he's just working, when he's like, I'm trying to be Michael Jackson, I'm like, okay, fine. There I we go. Things about Michael Jackson. Perfect, perfect uh, analysis. The other problem with this record is the average song length is seven and a half minutes. Wow. Oh, good Lord. I forgot 802, that. 526, 710, 759, 946, oh. 717, 711, 804. I mean, these songs are endless. This is one of those records that's uh, an hour and, and 18 minutes long when it could be 45 minutes long. Man. It's a JT, bummer. give us a break. Tighten uh, it up. He right. is amazing on Saturday Night Live, though. He's so funny on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> That's the other thing, too. It's like, I forgive this guy all kinds of things because he is a, he is a genuine triple threat entertainer. He's a pretty funny actor. He's yeah. wonderfully comedic. He's willing to look stupid. Uh, he can sing. He can dance. Like, what are you going to do? Like, that boy's got talent, to quote Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, I have... Um... I have bringing sexy back and dick in a box as a tie. And it's his best songs. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, all right. Things for us to discuss on our next podcast, because I, we got to get Ben to bed and um, we don't have time to talk about my trip to LA. Uh, I met with Peter and Mark of Electrocast. Uh, they've got big plans for us. So I got to break that down with you at some point. I assume uh, part of the big plans is replacing the talent with better talent, which is why you want to talk. <laughs> oh offline. yeah, for sure. <laughs> they did mention that one of us is going to have to go. Yeah. But, uh, we'll talk about which one later. Uh, Nina's uh, impressions of us on Twitter. We got to break that down at some point. Cause that, that hit a little too close to home. Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Her impression of me was not an impression at all. It was a direct quote. Yeah, that it was. Exactly that was just the am. transcript. Basically. Oh, dude, I've been I've been contemplating the black hole at the center of it all, like since I read Nita's tweet. I'm like, oh, that that is what I'm looking at. <laughs> and then I really, really, really want to uh, take a trip this July and meet you guys in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Bob Dylan Center. And they'll get us a, they'll get us like a, a little space set up and we'll do a live podcast from the Bob Dylan Museum there in Tulsa. I mean, I sure, but in what universe can you just decide that we can make that trip? Aren't you scheduled out to the millisecond for the rest of your life like I am? I was looking put- at my schedule I'm like I have 3 hours to do nothing like July 8th. And other than that, I'm just like nailed it. I'm just knows. putting it out in the universe, and I'm going to let the universe take over. Okay, I, actually, I'm yeah. down with that. Let's right. let's let's do that. Uh, I would also, very dude, much like to visit the the museum. But let's go in basketball season, and then we can go up to Oklahoma City and see a game. That's yes. that's how we do it. Oh, Even better, cool. let's see if the NCAA tournament regionals are in Oklahoma City next time. We'll oh, go for like come on Thursday, now. That's Saturday. A great call. Wow. All right, let's get to our three albums. Our three albums. Uh, ben, you go first for us. Oh, I'm going to be nice and brisk. J. Cole is born 1985 in West Germany, the son of an African-American father who's in the U.S. Army and a white woman. I'm pretty sure who, that she's German. I think she becomes an American citizen by marrying uh, or, or uh, getting involved with the father. Father abandons the family, I'm sad to report. They moved to Fayetteville, North Carolina, and that's where J. Cole grows up um, with a white mom and it's, uh, expressing himself as an African-American, and he's, he's definitely looks African-American in, um, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He goes to St. John's College in New York because he wants to get into the music business. 
And he's also trying to make it as a basketball player. He like tried out every year to get out as a walk-on in the St. John's basketball team. I feel you. And he, he, uh, super similar story. He's, uh, doing mixtapes. He's got several different mixtapes eventually get drawn the attention of Jay-Z puts out. I think he's now got five different records. Each one hit number one. Uh, this record is called born sinner. It's his second record. And it's a crease record for him. Um, his first record and this record are really, really, really poppy. And his rapping was kind of mocked and he was treated along with Drake. He was treated kind of as a sing song, happy rap act. And he took a lot of crap for it. And then the record after this is named after his address in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and he goes in a darker direction. And then his, his more recent records have been really kind of sort of more hardcore rap acts. He's weirdly a contemporary with Kendrick Lamar. He actually produced a couple of early Kendrick tracks and they work together on several different things. And it kind of, in my opinion, derailed him later in his career because he sounds so much more like Kendrick and he's trying to be a real serious hardcore rapper. My favorite version of J. Cole is the first and the second albums, uh, the goofy, super fun, sing-songy, Drake-type records. Um, and he's got a little social consciousness mixed into it. I'm going to go with Crooked Smile. And there's a version of this where I tell Jeff where to start, but I'm in Tuscany, so Jeff, start at 000. Crooked oh, Smile. Best. Thank you. Born Center by J. Cole. I'm away, I'm away, Tell me I should fix my grill cause I got money now I ain't gonna sit around in front like I ain't thought about it A perfect smile is more appealing but it's funny how My shit is crooked, look at how far I done got without it I keep my twisted grill just to show the kids it's real We ain't picture perfect but we worth the picture still I got smart, I got rich and I got bitches still And they all look like my eyebrows, slick as hell Love yourself girl or nobody will Though you a woman I don't know how you deal With all the pressure to look impressive and go out in heels I feel for you, killing yourself to find a man that'll kill for you You wake up, put makeup on, stare in the mirror But it's clear that you can't face what's wrong No need to fix what God already put his paintbrush on Your roommate yelling, why you gotta take so long? What it's like to have a crooked smack So I love that one. Yeah. And um, so TLC sings. That's beautiful. Uh, it's about him not fixing his teeth. That's that the actual song. Is yeah, I the love first that. Half of the first lyrics are he's got a twisted grill, which means his teeth are messed up, but he never got braces and he keeps them to show the kids that it's okay. And then the, the second half of the first verse and the whole second verse is all about the pressure put on women and how they have to uh, make themselves look good. Um, and obviously in hip hop, that's a super likable one. The third one is about how the, the how African-Americans have been mistreated by the police. And that's the crooked smile nation, basically. And uh, the whole record's like that. Like, it's just super upbeat and up-tempo and, and fun. Uh, I love this record. It breaks my heart a little bit that he got so much pushback that he felt like he had to be like a more serious rapper. Um, that being said, you can't go wrong um, and can't get enough is the single off of the first record. You can't go wrong with that one either. You know, I'm listening to you, Ben, and like I'm I'm sitting here thinking about like in other artistic uh, milieus, you can take a flyer towards something. And if it doesn't work out, you can just go right back, you know, like a dramatic actor can try comedy and if they suck at it, they're like, Oh, back to the Shakespeare and vice versa. Right. Like a comedian could try to do something serious. And if it just doesn't land, they can just go back and do anchorman too. But it's really hard, especially for hip hop guys. They're like if you have a lane and you step out of it, it can really derail. It's really hard to step back. Right. And it can really derail the audience's relationship with you in ways that are semi-permanent, you know? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Although all of us can think of examples of comedians who became serious actors and then never went back to comedy. Yeah. 
Um, and there is a thing that happened. Like basically, he I think he he moved out of his lane on purpose. And I'm sure. I mean, I'm not like all of his records have debuted at number one on yeah. top charts. So I think it's worked out fine for him. <laughs> Um, I just miss the old version of him. I mean, it's similar to Kanye. Like I miss the old Kanye. You know what I mean? You mean a, you miss the old Kanye? I was gonna say totally, I, dude. I was Kanye exactly quoting that song. <laughs> the cut up the soul, Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah. What's so? What's Jake Cole doing now? What's he releasing these days? Uh, last year. I forgot the name of the record, but I mean, he, he puts out a record every two years. Okay. And the new records are much more drum tracky with him sort of angrily rapping over it. Um, whereas the old record sounded like this. Yeah. I would say Jay Cole's one of the perennial, every kid in my school. Yeah. Listens to it. The second it comes out, like Jay yeah. Cole, Tyler, the creator, um, chance, the rapper, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Lamar, like they're right now for, my students, they're, they're all Pantheon must-listen-to artists. Yep. Ditto, ditto in North Carolina, Jeff. Near Fayetteville or not near Fayetteville? How we far away is Fayetteville? We're not near Fayetteville. Not physically nor mentally. Uh, okay, good. All know. right, what do you got? Uh, we're going to... Uh, we're actually starting overseas as well uh, in the United Kingdom, but not England and not Scotland. And not Ireland. So, Tim, you get your Welsh shout out this this week. My, I'm going. My Welsh shout. You've been saying we need to. Don't we have? Uh, don't we have uh, listeners we do in have Wales? A, we do have to, a few listeners in Wales. So, Wales listeners, this Excellent. buds for you. Um, Ritzy Bryan is a uh, guitar player and singer, and she's uh, kind of. Uh, very good at a very young age and she falls in love with a high school classmate and they decide to make a band and uh conquer the world and uh the relationship breaks up but the band they put together is doing pretty well so they figure out a way to get along and uh they get a drummer and they become a, a very unusual power trio um where she is the singer and the songwriter and the lead guitarist and then uh the two dudes are the uh, the rhythm section behind her and Ritzy's a good guitar player, but she's not in the style of like, you know, kind of a bluesy tons of soloists. She likes sounds and she likes to layer things together. Um, and the original name of the band kind of peters out, but they, uh, they make a demo and it, you know, it's, it's Wales, right? So it's easy to give it to everybody who can get you a record deal and they find somebody and they get an international uh, deal and they become a band called the joy formidable huh. uh, first release is an EP uh, and it's good, but it's um, it's very swirly. Like I, I would say the first EP and the first joy formidable records jumped out at me for the quality of the sound and her voice, which I like quite a bit, but um, I don't love them. I like them. I admire them, but uh, I didn't feel like the songwriting was quite there yet. Like there's a lot of songs that exist for the purpose of, of the cool sounds that she's able to conjure out of her pedal board and the kind of swirlingness. But the second record, which is my pick for favorite joy formidable record. And my pick for 2013 is called Wolf's Law. And Ritzy, for the first time, doesn't write with the band in mind. She writes uh, with her vocal in mind. It's the first time she sits down at a piano and uses a guitar without all the effects and tries to construct songs first where the melodies are clear to her. Uh, and then she brings it to the band and they take these kind of skeleton melody and chord changes and push them through the joy formidable envelope. And I think you can really hear the difference. Like this is the record for me that threads the needle between their experimentation and her songwriting. Um, very tellingly uh, on the 12 inch single of the first single for this, the flip side is a cover of Bruce Springsteen's Badlands. Like All right. this is the record where they, she gets really interested in song construction. The, and I don't think she's made a bad record that I like every joy formidable record. Um, I wish each one was a little bit shorter and a little bit stronger. Like uh, even this record, as much as I love it, 
is uh, two or three songs too long at 12 songs. There's a couple of big, long, six-minute soundscapey songs that ask a lot of you. Um, I prefer the three-and-a-half-minute Cloud of Dust version of this band. They are great live. I've never gotten to see them in person, but I've seen them on the, the interwebs performing at, at festivals. Um, Ritzy Bryan is super underrated. Like, she's a powerhouse, and uh, it's amazing how much noise she controls uh, from the stage between her guitar and her voice fronting the band filling all the space that's absent when it's just a trio of musicians and the other two are bass and drums. So I'm going to play Chala, which is track two. Uh, it was one of the singles. It's my favorite song on the record. And it's also just like super indicative of this band. So if you like this one, there's four or five records to start to check out. Um, and, you know, you just go to Spotify and listen to the top five and get a really good sense of this band. But I really like these guys. And I'm thrilled to, to shine some light on the Joy Formidable. Here we go. Wolf's Law by the Joy Formidable. everybody's really good in the band and, and they're great at, at stacking like verse two it'll change the drum pattern there's always a bridge there's they're uh they're clever arrangers and it's just uh it's thoughtful without uh losing the kind of looseness that makes music like that fun to listen to so i'm a fan really loved it i quite like that that band um i had no idea that they were a trio that is freaking amazing. Isn't that crazy? She kicks up so much noise. Like, that's really, really impressive. Uh, my favorite is actually the first album, the 2011 one, that's got the magnifying glass on it. That's yeah, my that's favorite great. Joy Formidable song. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I really, really like them. I love, I mean, like, I'm just thrilled to hear that it's a, it's a female singer-songwriter with the guitar parts, because those guitar right. parts are just absolutely shreds. Yeah. She's got a big-time, beautiful voice, um, and, uh, yeah, the first album sounds very much in that vein, too, like the like the rock with the layers and the loud, the soft, really super likable. Yeah, the big roar is the first record. That's a, also a great place to start, and I like, uh, I like our from 2018, which is probably not pronounced that way, but it's it's A-A-A-R-T-H, which I just love all the Welsh stuff. And uh, But that record uh, jumped out after a couple that I didn't love as much. So they're still, they put out a record in 2021 and I'm hopeful that- I quite that, like that uh, one too. I got several songs on that on my mix, yeah. Yeah, man, I'm hopeful that uh, they'll come back to America and tour and I'll finally get to see them in person because it yeah. sure looks like a, a hell of a good time. I'd be They're super great. curious to see if she can do all that stuff live. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of guitar work. To when do I live. saw her at Coachella on the, on the, you know, watching it, the live stream, she's just like working a pedal board and like layering stuff and constantly. And then she'll kick back and jam with the band for 45 seconds and then hit a whole bunch of switches on the floor and bring it all back to nothing and start singing. Like it's, it's, it was very impressive knowing how wow. hard it is to do oh, all God. that yeah. Yeah. and not lose the groove. I was really knocked out. No, to carry a trio like that, that's really something. That's yeah. great. So, uh, powerful young woman from Alabama last week, 
powerful young woman from Wales this week. I'm going with a powerful young woman woman from New Zealand. Uh, I'm going with Lord Pure Heroin. <laughs> um, although there's also a, there's another band. Um, uh, what, what's their name? Churches. You guys know Churches from Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. More more pop, more synthesizer. But I almost picked them uh, this week. I think they're pretty cool. But how can I not pick Lord? Uh, her real name is too long for me to um, <laughs> for me to read out. But I want you to play Jeff Simons for me. The first uh, maybe fifteen seconds of the first song on Pure Heroin. Don't you think that it's boring how people talk? Stop. She's got me. You got that me. was eight seconds. You Sorry. Yeah, but that's all I need. <laughs> Don't you think it's boring how people? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I've actually thought that for a long time. Uh, Binks Bowling in the moviegoer. He thinks the same thing. Uh, this child totally resonated with me from the get go. Um, do you have the link that I sent you? I do. You want me to play that? Not if you don't want to. No, no, no. Here, okay, I'll play it. I, I have something to say about it afterwards. But yes, let me let me get it here. Ready? <laughs> Go ahead. I've been roving around, always looking down at all I see. Okay, stop. Go ahead. What do you want to say? Well, this is her at age twelve, covering yeah. Kings of Leon, right? Yeah. Age 12. What do you yeah. want to say? What do you want to say? I about just it? like I I am not in the cult of uh listen how precocious this young kid is. I am just like I am so done with let's find an 8-year-old who can sound like a grown-up and elevate them to high art status before they've even had a chance to put braces on. Like we chewed up and spat out so much budding talent in the 90s and 2000s because social media let us invade their personal space and uh i'm just determined not to not to push that prodigy narrative like i just think it does more harm than good it it, it ruins athletes careers before they get a chance to develop and i think it is super duper deep pooper dangerous like I mean, so I work so with now too. really super talented high school students and they're like, hey, I think I'm going to make an album. And I'm like, you should make demos and you should wait. Like, don't put out art at 15 and make that the moment when people judge whether or not you have talent or not. Like, live a little bit, have some heartbreak, move, like feed yourself for six months. I just so, yeah, you're right. Lord's amazing at age 12, but uh, I'm much more interested in what Lord does at age 30. Than I am at what she was able to do at age twelve. So, not to be a not to be a killjoy, but I'm just so worried. I just worry so much about that American Idol, America's Got Talent. Let's put a six year old in tap shoes and give them their fifteen minutes, and then they'll spend the rest of their lives like wondering why nobody gives a shit about them anymore. So, well, but dude, also remember that was on regular TV where there was a filter for it. I mean, with TikTok and with YouTube now everyone's trying to do that and trying to break through. I mean, you don't even like you count the Lords who actually do break through, but you do, you don't count all the people who don't break through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just brutal. Um, yeah. 14 year that. old that, plays 30 seconds into a, like, Hey, look, I'm learning how to play the guitar and people write, kill yourself. Like, I just think that's, that's just us at our worst. I'm afraid. That being said, Lord is great. Yeah. This record is great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the EP, The Love Club, I, which is her very first one. The song, The Love Club. If you haven't heard that, you're going to freaking love it. Everyone knows the song Royals off of this record. This record blew me away. The girls absolutely love it. The only thing they loved more than this record is the next record. And then we'll find out about this maybe in the future. But Georgia's absolute favorite is the Solar Power one. She just absolutely loves the most yeah. recent one. I can't remember... Um, did I tell the Lord of Bonnaroo story? No. Yes. 
You did? Good. I already told it. Anyhow, she was fantastic at Monaroo, and she was so vulnerable and beautiful to us in the crowd. Um, I absolutely love her. She's one of my favorite gener- like artists of that generation. Um, and this record, Tim has got it completely right. Leave aside whatever she did when she was 12. This record hits like a bomb. And it's super similar to the Adele record. It sounds like nothing else. Like nothing else. When Royals came on the radio, I was like, what in the actual yeah. fuck is this? <laughs> Where did this come from? Yeah. Totally agree. It's a bit, Tim, it's a great pick, Tim. I, I'm not casting aspersions on the pick at all. I'm, it's great. I haven't even I haven't even gotten to play my song yet. All right. You just go. dropped a bomb. I'm my point is in that you can hear her self-possession already yes. and her assuredness. And it's so cool that at 12, she's she's ready to s- offer her version of Kings of Leon. Yeah, it's really remarkable. Like she's truly an artist at 12 in ways that uh, are once in a generation. Like Mozart was also at 12, a real artist. Not to compare Lord to Mozart, but that same like <laughs> sen- that same sense of like I I understand the aesthetic of my vision. That usually doesn't happen yet. Super. So so you know my daughter uh, is playing the piano, playing guitar, and all she was just like, oh my gosh, if I could just get on America's Got Talent, and I'm and I said to her like, no, you don't want that path. You want a very very different path. You want to like figure out what you want to say and what kind of artist you want to be. Um, which I think Lord has done. Don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. And I think she, that's why it took, I think she, that's why she waited five years. That's why the records don't come one after another. It's a brilliant move on her part to disappear from the consciousness, uh, to let the heat settle so uh-huh. that the art can get heard instead of, uh, the star maker machinery pushing a Lord narrative. Like, uh-huh. and it's probably cost her some money and it's probably cost her some, uh, oh, sure. You but... know, some, some, uh, influence, but I just think it's the path to take myself, but. No one is arguing against you, Jeff, not on this podcast. Jimmy, give us your song, man. What's your yeah, song? Let me hear it. Team. Pure heroin by Lord. Wait till you're announced We've not yet lost all our graces The hounds will stay in chains Look upon your greatness and she'll send the call out 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 Send told to put my hands up in the air i mean i feel you like <laughs> the amount of djs at clubs saying yeah no i'm over it let me dance how i want to dance you know it's like square dancing i don't want to be commanded all over the floor <laughs> and forced recreation <laughs> all right gentlemen so wait Good. tim at this age she's She's like 19 when this comes out. How old is she? No, she's younger than that, right? Younger Isn't than she that. like 16 when this record comes out? This is 2013. So one yeah. of the things that's great about this record, and you can really hear it in that song, is there's the beginning part, yeah. and then it comes in. It's, the record sounds like she wrote the songs with a Casio keyboard and a drum machine singing a cappella. 
And the reason why it sounds that way is because that's what she did. <laughs> like She just <laughs> sat in her room and wrote these songs and polished them and worked on them. Um, and they, the, the production is, is really tremendous in my opinion, in the way that it lets the songs breathe. It expresses who she is and what she has to do. Um, but does shine it up enough where you can at least, it doesn't sound like a 16 year old New Zealand kid in her bedroom. You know what I mean? Right. But the, the bones of the songs are all that. And that's why it's so unusual. Like it's because she created herself and also she's not, um, she's obviously she's working within a canon, but she's not imitative. You know what I mean? Like she's not trying to sound like somebody else. Like, and also I love that one. The team one, the love club is about growing up. Uh, she's got all of these songs about what it's like to be a teenager that are just so beautifully expressed that just capture it perfectly. Yeah. And don't capture it without uh, resonating to people who are no longer teenagers. I mean, like right. what well, Tim's really she... articulating is like, this is a teenager writing to teenagers with such a pithy on the nose language and sound for it, that those of us who are way past that moment are brought back to it. Mm. Oh, totally. And that's really, that's great. Like that's, that's impressive. Right. Like she's the kind of teenager I wished I could have been like, I'm doing my own thing. I've got my own groove and it took me till my twenties to get there. But she yeah, expresses I'm, I'm the heartbreak. Sure I, to I'm it, not sure I ever sure. got yes. there to this level, <laughs> you know? Uh, all right. I have good news and bad news for you all. Uh, according to my math calculations, we need to crank out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight uh, podcasts in the next four weeks. Hello? Uh, <laughs> the eight? number you have dialed is not in service. <laughs> so we'll figure it out via text, but uh, we need to wrap up season two before I go away to Utah. Okay. Mm. We'll with all out. the time that we have in our lives. Ben, when are you coming <laughs> back stateside? I will be back June 2nd uh, because June 3rd, I was originally flying back. Dolly and George are flying back June 4th, and I was going to fly back with them. And I had to move my flight because June 3rd is Scott Schimmel, longtime listener, Scott Schimmel's 50th birthday party. Oh, I can't oh. miss that. He rented out the Mill and Mine, a club that seats, or it's a standing club that fits 800 people. He's got 500 people coming to his birthday party. So wow. it's going to be pretty sweet. Can I go? Yeah, come on down, Tim. I mean, if he's a fan. Yeah, no, for maybe sure. Maybe he'd you like to meet should come. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Can we spend a And listen, minutes? hey, Timmy, there's yeah. a free bar for an hour. You got you, you to get in there. I'll tell you exactly when it is. Let's go. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, and Tim, uh, Timmy and I are headed towards a potential NBA finals showdown. Um, uh, not after last night. Woo -hoo! Woo -hoo! Your Celtics are weird. That is a weird, weird team. That was, that was miserable to watch. Let me tell you. Oh man. Anyway, um, that, uh, I know it's a music podcast, but, but the Celtics warriors potential, uh, it's real it's finals there. and the subsequent impact on the podcast might be felt. Indeed. Maybe not I actually heard, think it's likely. As a, as a neutral third party, I would say that's the likely matchup at this point. Well, hang on till season 37 of the podcast when the Knicks will work oh! their way back into <laughs> How relevance. dare you? How dare you? All right. Gentlemen, talk to you later, Ben. Be safe. Yeah, have, have fun. Have a fabulous trip. Yep. Yeah. Adios, fellas. Talk to you later. Bye. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your hosts for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. 
Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.